You're listening to the Up In Your Business podcast with Angus Nelson. This is session number 007. On this show, John Michael Morgan and I discuss how you can effectively grow your business, personal platform, and life. If your mindset isn't right and you don't have the right habits, all the proven marketing and sales strategies you follow won't work. Welcome to the Up In Your Business podcast. Building you to do business better. This show is about intention, transparency, and insights from business professionals sharing their personal business. Discover what they've learned the hard way so you don't have to. Empowering a new breed of self aware leadership. Here's your host, Angus Nelson. Hello there. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Angus Nelson. I am so happy to have you join me today. I've got some really great news I uh, want to share with you. The Up In Your Business podcast has made it to the new and noteworthy list on iTunes. And that's really huge. That was one of my goals. And you helped make that happen. Thank you so much for listening and sharing with your friends. Thank you for spreading the word. I really appreciate all of the enthusiasm, the support, the private message messages, all of it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. In addition, uh, the responses from listeners have also been super encouraging. On iTunes in the reviews, I've got a few I'll share with you. Uh, One is from Jerome Barome. He says, Angus is the real deal. It's not just another entrepreneurial um, podcast. This is a show about real life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, Angus understands that real business leadership and growth involves the whole person, not just tactics and techniques. Uh, Looking forward to hearing more great interviews. Thank you, Jerome. And then Anne uh, from Straight Talk uh, for a Curvy World, she shares... Checked out the podcast based on the name alone. That's really cool, actually. Uh, So glad that I did. After listening to the first episode with Joel Com, I'm a subscriber. Love the style and appreciate the content and message. Thank you, Anne. And then Danny Johnson from Flipping Junkie. He says, uh, easy listen with tons of information. He says, uh, Angus interview, or excuse me, Angus's interview style is uh, just what I like to listen to. He drills down and gets to the real detail I'm looking for. He seems approachable and relatable, and I appreciate that. Well, Danny, I I hope that I am approachable and relatable. I try to be. Uh, Thank you so much, Danny. Then Matt Brill, he's the president of Northwest Tool and uh, Manufacturing. Matt, I actually went to high school with Matt, and so it was super cool to see him put uh, something down into the iTunes reviews. Thank you so much, Matt. This is what Matt says. He says, I just listened to the first two podcasts, and all I can say is, wow. I can relate to so much of the topics I like to hear. I'm not alone in the struggles in business. Uh, Great listen for wherever you are in life. Thank you, Matt. And that goes back to uh, high school, back in Wausau, Wisconsin. I appreciate you, man. And if you'd like to add to this list of reviews and ratings in iTunes, I'd really appreciate it if you went over there and uh, placed a little something-something in there. Uh, In addition, um, uh, Google Play. 
LA is now uh, going to be shipping out podcasts. I just entered in for that for any of our Android users. If you're using Stitcher, fantastic. You're good to go. Uh, But if you'd like to move over to the new Google Play platform, that should be unfolding here very shortly. I'm just waiting to get uh, verification valid. I don't know what it is. Validation? I don't know. Any of that stuff. Um, But they're working on putting that all together, and it's going to be coming out shortly. So it's great to see there's so many opportunities and platforms for podcasts as a whole, but in addition, the possibilities of being able to help as many people as possible. And that's what I'm here to do, and that's what uh, turns my crank. It's definitely not uh, because this is... Um, turning into any capital or making any money. I do it because it comes from me. It's just what I do naturally, being an encourager and interviewing people. It's something I love to do. Uh, But more importantly, um, it's something I love to do with you. And my goal going into 2016 is not only do I want to continue to do what we're doing, but I also want to get to a place where I'm building some tools and resources that are going to help you. And I'm really excited to be able to share some of that stuff with you. Um, If you have a need or something that is one of your biggest challenges right now in business or in life, I would love to hear about it. Please take a moment and send me an email. You can just send that to hello at angusnelson.com and I would love to uh, put that on the the runway uh, for maybe an an e-product I can build or um, some kind of podcast um, that I can formulate around some of the things that you, the listener, have requested. Uh, That would be my joy and pleasure to build exactly what you need. So without further ado, Our guest today, uh, he has been called the Chuck Norris of leadership, and he's known for his high energy and passion when teaching uh, proven strategies designed to help achievers reach their goals. He served as a private consultant and a mentor to best-selling authors and Fortune 500 companies, small business owners, entrepreneurs, celebrities, churches, and so many more, uh, just lots of large brands and high achievers. Uh, He's a best-selling author of Brand Against the Machine. He's the founder of the Achievers Alliance. He writes about, of course, achievement, uh, leadership, entrepreneurship, and personal development. He's one of my good friends, and I'm so happy to have him here on the show with us. His name is John Michael Morgan, and let's get on to the interview. John, how are you today? Dude, I'm so fantastic, and I appreciate you having me on. It is quite an honor, and I'm just so excited to have this conversation. Well, fantastic. Uh, You like that? It's not even awesome. Which is very good. We're not going to say awesome this entire podcast. We have established that that is a no-holds-barred restriction. We cannot say awesome. So let me ask you this. What made you laugh the hardest this week? Mm. that's like the most difficult question I think I've ever been asked on a podcast. I don't laugh easily. I will say that. Uh, and, but I will tell you what made me laugh the hardest and it's going to immediately make everyone hate me. But I uh, play basketball with a group of local entrepreneurs. And this morning, in fact, a guy fell down and <laughs> I laughed pretty hard watching him eat the pavement. <laughs> Which is uh, sounds really, really mean, but he was not hurt, let me say. And it was just kind of funny because he didn't just fall. He sort of got shoved and he kind of flew through the air for a little bit. 
And it was uh, very impressive that he was not hurt, but quite hysterical watching it happen. I think it's the the humor is actually in the trying not to fall. Yes, you know he. It was like a, you know the slow motion kind of thing, and I wasn't even near him, but I could see the look on his face. And instead of having this look of fear, it was like he was making eye contact with me and and saying why. You know, why, why is this happening? Right, right. And, and that just, for whatever reason, uh, was hysterical to me. Yeah, I, I, I ask you that question because so many times when we greet someone, we shake their hand and we say, Hi, John, I'm Angus. What do you do? <laughs> right. And then we define or validate ourselves according to how that is answered. Like, yeah. if you tell me you do something, you know, that seems more interesting or fantastic than what I do, then all of a sudden, psychologically, I go to a different place or I put value on what I do instead of who I am. So that's that is deep. Yeah. You like that? I, I like that. Here's a fun fact. Whenever someone asks me what I do, my response is, it's more interesting than what you do. Is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> is that weird? I, that's why I love uh, you know. There's a, there's a little edge. It's a little edge. <laughs> it makes awkward introductions for sure, but uh, it gets people to stop asking me what I do. <laughs> so. Or you just keep them on their toes. You that's and I, right. you and I sat down um, at uh, Starbucks uh, just recently, and um, you and I kind of met each other actually via an, another uh, mutual friend. Um, and he found out I was moving to Nashville and he said, you two guys should meet, you got to meet, uh, this John Michael Morgan. Um, and when you and I talked, we, we sat down as kind of strangers and I think I could have ended up talking to you the rest of the evening had we not had other places to be. Um, there's a lot of crossover in life experiences and philosophy, um, how we see our worldview. And so I'm really ecstatic to talk to you today. Um, and for listeners, um, I want to kind of set something up real briefly to kind of dive into, um, all that is John Michael Morgan. Um, when you and I talked, you shared with me, you didn't care much uh, for school. Um, you got out of that and into real estate. Uh, you were building a really strong business. You found that, uh, marketing comes easy to you. Then an opportunity arises to you. You sit down with a really large brand. They offer to hire your consultant services. You write down a number and the interview slides the piece of paper back at you and states that that's too little. And if you want to be taken seriously, you should need, you should put a bigger number. You've put another zero on the end. And from then on, you go on to consult other Fortune 500 brands, and this leads to you writing a book, Brands Against the Machine. It makes you a thought leader in the marketing space. You work on the book uh, for the, excuse me, the next book. And during that time, you have an epiphany about your focus, and you end up having to go to your publisher and tell them that you want to write about something different than marketing. John, I'd love for you to pick up the story from there. What do you say? So I, it's a good place to start, and it certainly is a significant transition uh, in my career, or business, whatever you want to call it. I just sort of think of it as life. Uh, but I, I'm basically having the conversation with the publisher that uh, the book I was going to write that they were excited about, which was going to be about customer retention, was not what I decided I should be doing, that I should instead write a book that helps people with the right mindset and habits 
to achieve what it is that they're wanting to achieve. And as I'm telling them this, uh, the publisher is, you know, kind of going along with it. You know, they're kind of uh, giving me a little bit just of, you know, the let's humor him, you know, kind of a thing to keep the phone call from being awkward. But the more I talked about it, the more they were sort of excited. But yet it also was pretty clear that they weren't necessarily going to be the right publisher for that book and, you know, all of that. So it was kind of like, you know, we politely got off the phone. But I knew I wouldn't be talking to them again, and they knew, you know, that they wouldn't be talking to me again, you know, kind right. of a thing. Uh, and it was also this freeing moment of now I can go do exactly not so much what I want to do, but what I truly, for the first time in my life, feel like I'm supposed to be doing. Which, you know, I'm 35 years old. I don't think, uh, besides marrying my wife, there's nothing in my life that I've ever felt like that's what I'm supposed to be doing, right? You right, know, like right. I'm in the right place, right time, you know, all of those kind of things until uh, this. And like you said, you know, sort of making this transition from, uh, you know, yeah, I love marketing and that's a huge part, of course, of helping, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and, you know, businesses become successful. But what I was doing behind the scenes was more helping these people figure out how to be a leader in life, not just their business, but, you know, how do they have the right habits, the right attitude, uh, you know, maintain, you know, this passion and enthusiasm to actually reach their goals instead of just all of a sudden a year goes by and nothing's different. And then three years and five years and all of that. So you are at the point of um, where some people look at your career and say, wow, if I could only. And that's up on one quadrant. And then on this other quadrant, you're stating um, this is actually what gives me joy and gets me excited up on the other things. So you basically have to recreate yourself. You're recreating perhaps a brand you're recreating, um, you know, even internally now your focus in conversation even changes, uh, because of this mm -hmm. internal, whatever, um, how how is that transition when you go to talk to people and now they want to talk to you as one quadrant and instead you're the other? How do you bridge those two? That's a, that's a great question. And, and this opens up to talk about something I'm excited to share because I never have had the opportunity to actually discuss this with somebody. For one thing, you know, in 12 or 13 years, however long it's been that I've been doing this, people have been contacting me for marketing and branding advice or sales advice. And inevitably, I end up helping them with the self-improvement stuff anyways, right? Because the whole thing is you, you can, someone can give you a map and say, here's proven marketing strategies, go do this, and you're going to make sales. They'll do it. And then they don't get the results. And they're like, well, what's the problem? Well, the strategies were proven, tested that, you know, isn't it? The problem is you were self-sabotaging and you're full of doubt and, you know, you didn't have the right habits, the right mindset and those things. And so what ends up happening is, yeah, you may have called me for marketing, but I'm helping you with the other stuff. Now I'm just being more public with the other stuff up front. And so uh, that, that transition for me in terms of client work is still pretty seamless. But uh, here was the interesting part. You know, you mentioned being at a point, let's say, in the career where, you know, there would be a lot of people saying, man, that's exactly where I would want to be, uh, you know, some success with the first book, speaking gigs, all of that. Now let's move into, you know, what's the next big book you're going to do on branding you know, or whatever. Well, here's the thing. First of all, everything I knew about branding, I put in the first book. Like there was never going to be a second branding book because I don't know anything else. Like that was it. Yeah. That, you know, that was my limit. And, you know, the other thing is. Uh, you mentioned before, so to give the listeners some context here, I had run a real estate business for years. And in real estate, 
it's a pretty cutthroat industry. And I was one of those guys who did not look at the other 79 agents in my office who were competing, you know, competing against me as my friends. And it wasn't that I had anything against them, but it was like, I'm not really going to pay attention to what they're doing because they're the enemy. You know, I need to go and do things my way. What's interesting about the space now, if you're a speaker, coach, uh, author, you know, blogger, influencer, whatever term you want to throw out there, is that we feel like we can't go and do our own thing without this, like, acceptance from everyone else. Mm-hmm. And, and I know, Angus, that you see that a lot because you and I do you know, have so many of the same friends. I don't have that mindset. So making that shift, it was never, well, what's Chris Brogan going to say or – what am I going to tell Michael Port when he's sending you know, me referrals for speaking about branding or whatever? You know, like I didn't have that because I'm used to not caring what the peers think, right? right. But what's also interesting, of course, is all of those guys uh, have been nothing but supportive. And so uh, you know, it didn't even matter. But I think a lot of times we wait for permission from our circle of friends. Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't. Right. I just made the change. And like you said, now maybe I'm starting a new brand with it. I'm, you know, redoing stuff. Maybe that means people don't know what I do or how I fit or am I competing with them now or not or whatever. You know, I don't even care. Right. I'm just focused on my own thing. And now I don't even know if this makes sense. But when I started this story, it was I had a really strong (laughs) point. So I do I do want you to know that (laughs) I'm going to pull some stuff out of that. Um, You know, when you step out to do something different. Um, we have in our mind, it seems, and I don't know if it, how much of it's cultural, how much of it's corporate, but like you said, it's that dog eat dog, competitive, whatever. And I think it's fueled by a mindset of lack. I don't have enough. Um, I need to get more. I don't know enough. I need to know more. I, I, out of that, I think, again, speaking from the internal aspect, we start to make decisions out of desperation or need instead of making decisions out of the opposite, which would be abundance and generosity. And I think people sense the difference. So if you stay in the mindset of the competitive, you remain someone who never actually gets to the next level versus right. generosity. You give yourself permission to rise the level. And like you stated, not being focused on the people around you. Yeah. And, and so you just said all that in a very beautiful way. And you're exactly right. When you're focused on, well, I don't have this, I don't have that. So I can't go out there and talk about this topic because this person's already doing it or whatever. All you're doing in that sense is you're focused on yourself. Mm. And instead you have to stop that and say, wait a minute, if I can put out my message and help one person, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. That is it, right? It's the same thing. Like when, when I'm going to go on stage, every pe- person in the speaking industry, they always say, you know, that if the, if a speaker tells you they're not nervous, it means they don't care. What a bunch of crap that is. If you're mm-hmm. nervous, it means you're way too worried about yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about myself. I'm worried about the audience. I don't, I may fall. I may say something inappropriate. I, I may, you know, mess up my words, whatever it may be. All that stuff can happen, but as long as one person in that audience says, my goodness, that's exactly what I needed to hear today, Mm -hmm. then I win, (laughs) right? And so that ends up being the focus. And so again, you know, I I end up getting motivated like almost the opposite of most people. I look at competition or I look at the space and I say, oh my goodness, this guy's, you know, got, you know, a hundred million followers online. 
online. Everybody loves him, books, podcasts, whatever. And he's an idiot. Yeah. And he's teaching them bad information. And so it's up to me now to come in and I, you know, I have to do, I don't do this because I want to, I do it because I have to save the world from the idiots who are writing books that aren't any good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's <clears throat> my story in even doing these podcasts with up in your business is kind of along those same lines. I was afraid. Um, there's other people out there making podcasts. There's other people telling other you know people's stories. There's, you know, a litany of excuses that I gave myself as to why I shouldn't push forward in the things that I thought were my gift. Um, I love to make people feel good. I love to encourage people. I love to let people have hope. And yet I withheld out of my own insecurity or my own fears because I, I thought, well, why me? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not this, I'm not that I didn't achieve X or Y. And if I look around the room, I can see others that seem to have done whatever qualification in my head. And because I haven't reached that same qualification, I disqualify myself. And I love the word and terminology used before I self-sabotage myself. And it hasn't been till this last year. And at 44 years of age, I just said, to heck with this. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't care anymore. I just, I'm more concerned about the people that I can help the people that I can encourage. And I'm to, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And, and you know, w- with that, even on like, let's just say strictly the business side, if you're looking at doing something and you see other people are doing it with success, that's a good thing. You know, the the times I cringe is when someone comes and says, I've got this idea for a business and no one's ever done it. Because I'm like, well, then it's probably a really bad idea. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, right. This, this is probably you know not going to be good. And, and, you know, so like you said, we get intimidated on, you know, oh, this person's already doing it and they're doing it well. Is there room for me? And I always, you know, I, I want to tell people if I if I could go up to you and hand you ownership, like give you the keys to Pepsi, would you take it? Give you the keys to Burger King. McDonald's was there before Burger King. Coke was there before Pepsi. But you'd still be glad to have that business, mm-hmm. you know. So why do we all of a sudden, like you're saying, we almost you know devaluate ourselves just because oh well someone else is already doing it? Listen, I mean the thing about it is we all connect to people for different reasons, different personalities. You may respond really well to one person, not another. Here's a great example of this. Uh, I'm a fan of Tony Robbins. And while my wife enjoys like the content, you know, she likes the material, she does not want to listen to him. Right. Like she's like, I cannot stand that voice. That's you know not my thing. Well, th- there's a great example. You know, there's got to be then other people to step up and deliver that type of message for the people who don't respond to him. Mm-hmm. You know, and so again, there, there's room for everybody. Well, let's let's kind of get down to to kind of your expertise and and take some of this depth. Um, for those of you that are listening, you can tell both of us kind of enjoy um, pulling the veil back and looking at the man in the mirror. But I want to talk about some like more of the brass tacks about building a business because uh, that's also part of your skill set, um, and I want to weave that with what you know now and or what you've always known actually but what you feel more comfortable talking about let's kind of build a business together so okay. 
So, John, do you want to build a business? Come on, let's go and play. I never see you anymore. Come out the door. It's like you've gone away. We used to be best buddies, and now we're not. I wish you could tell me why. Do you want to build a business? It doesn't have... Well, actually, it does have to be a business. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you have kids you can appreciate. I have kids. I mean, that's the thing is I almost broke into harmony with you, but <laughs> I, I, I had, to, had to hold back. I have no shame. You, you did it very well, I have to say. Well, thank you. That was like on thank key you. and everything. That was very impressive. <laughs> so I'm starting with an idea. <clears throat> okay. Um, so let's, let's just say... Uh, I want to get into the self improvement business, the, you know, self, um, I don't even like that term, but you know, the personal development element. Um, I've got an idea now I have to mess with a logo. Um, I'm trying to build my quote unquote brand. Where do I start putting the pieces together with just an idea? Okay. So first thing is forget logo and brand. And all of that. The first thing is to ask yourself, what's the point? What I mean by that is, what is it that we are going to base the foundation of this business on? So let's say, like you're saying, it's in you know self improvement, those kind of things. All right, there's obviously you know a lot of material out there on that, and so some of it will be a little repetitive because you know proven principles are proven principles, but also what is our viewpoint that's different? What is, you know, that part that you're willing to sort of, you know, fight to the death on? Because that helps you understand what's going to be unique about your brand, what's going to stand out, all of those things. The next thing is to do something that I call assumption removal, which is whenever someone has an idea, they immediately have these lists of assumptions. They assume it's a good idea. They assume other people are going to think it's a good idea. They assume people will buy it. They assume they'll buy it again. They assume it's going to make them famous. You know, all of this kind of stuff. And it's like, all right, before we spend money on getting a logo created or website or any of that, how about we go out and try to find one person to actually pay me money for my advice so I can remove or confirm that assumption? Okay. So that's the first thing is going through this process of, and, and I do this, by the way, very old fashioned, like pen and paper. I make a list of every single thing I'm assuming with the idea. And then it is, that's my to-do list. Let me go and either check it or cross it out. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that, and that's how I start. So now <clears throat> I sit down with my list. I've gone, I've done my research. Um, I still think I have a good idea. I'm, I'm I've got a couple of details in there. Um, but one of the qualities is that maybe I think I can do something better than someone. Or I think I know more than someone and I'm not necessarily being honest with myself. How do I get third-party input to help me craft an accurate view? Mm, that's a deep question. You should have sent me this in advance. I could have come up with something brilliant. Here's what you do. You do not get the opinions of third parties who are doing what you want to do. And I'll tell you why, because if they get your material and it's good, they're jealous and they're going to tell you you suck. If they get your material and you're bad, 
they're going to be so happy that you're not a threat that they're going to say, yeah, keep on going. You know, God bless you. You can do it. Good luck. You know, kind of a thing. Right. So it's, it's the same thing. Like in the book industry, never ask another author for their opinion on which book cover you should choose because they hate that you have a book. You know, that, that's really what it boils down to. They want your covers to burn. So <laughs> you're going to get you're going to get, you know, third party feedback from potential clients you know you want to find those prospects and listen is that sitting down and just having coffee with someone one-on-one and being like okay hey let me give you this is what i would teach people tell me if this resonates or if you hate it or you know all of that or maybe you put together you know a free little meetup and you're talking for you know in front of 10 people and you figure out what works and what doesn't what they like and you know all of that Uh, but that's the thing is you got to get feedback from the right people and then and this is the key especially for those of us who like have you know sort of this term personal brand you've got to be able to separate are they critiquing the brand and the message or are they critiquing you Hmm. you know i spoke at an event one time a lady came up to me afterwards she said i loved that Uh, your content was spot on i just could not stand the sound of your voice like wow okay like you know what do i do with that right you know (laughs) I can't change it. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot I can do there. You know, so what I have to think of, though, is in a business situation, okay, she critiqued the person, but she thought the content was good. Right. So it's like, all right, then that part is still good. If she was like, you're wonderful, you know, the content was kind of whatever, but I really liked you. You're a nice guy. That doesn't help my business. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that stuff needs to be good. So we have to, you know, figure out when we're getting their feedback what is you know what is that feedback like who is it actually directed to and that also helps us from taking things so personally and so you find um some objective feedback you've separated your brand from your person um how do you find the audience the people that want what you have how do you drill down for that yeah, you know, that's that's a great thing because I think the first thing I, everyone says, you know, well, you got to figure out your target market or target audience or, you know, all of that. And of course, that's important. You do need to know that info. And like you're saying, you know, where are they hanging out so that you can get in front of them? Uh, but with that, I also feel like if we've chosen something that is passionate, you know, a topic that we're passionate about finding where those people are becomes a little easier. What I mean by that is if I started a business selling shoes tomorrow, you know, I mean, I know people have feet, but outside of that, I don't really know where to start, right? Like that's not, you know, this huge passion of mine. I'm not in running clubs or, you know, things like that where all of a sudden becomes easy, right? Yeah. However, you know, um, I'm a guy, I wear, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, different bracelets that are made by, you know, charities and, you know, children in, you know, Uganda and places like this. And, you know, there's a story to each one. And online, there's like a gajillion people who are into this stuff and hashtags galores and communities there. And so it's like, you know what, because I'm passionate about it, I've stumbled into the audience. Mm. You know, I love talking about this stuff. Uh, Here's another great example. And this is, you know, because I think you and I've even talked about this before. You know, I may just put out there, you know, on Facebook, hey, I really loved this book. And then you start seeing people who are like, yeah, me too, me too, me too. There's your audience. Oh, these are people who are also interested in 
this topic or this subject. So I think that, yes, we have to figure out where our audience is and who they are and where they're hanging out. But I think that starts with your, you want to be immersed in the world that right. you're creating a business in. And then the other part to this, and this may be getting ahead of ourselves because I, I don't know what questions you have, but is you have to figure out first and foremost, what's your plan for consistency? And specifically with your marketing or your content marketing. I mean, that's the thing is I see people who are like, okay, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to start a blog about self-improvement. Wonderful. God bless you that you're going to do that. But where, you know, like how many times a day are you going to tweet? How many times are you going to post on Facebook or Instagram, you know, or just any of this kind of stuff that, you know, you're going to do? Like, what's your plan for being consistent with your message and your marketing? Everyone forgets that part. Instead, they spend all their time creating the product or, you know, developing the service. And then not only do they not have an audience to sell it to, they don't have marketing in place. Right. And then also probably directly related to that is choosing the platform for which to do it. Is it your website, your blog, your social feed and which feed do you choose? Is it Facebook? Is it Twitter? Is it you were even using Periscope for a while? I haven't seen one of your Periscopes recently. No, I've been busy. And so I haven't, I still want to, uh, and I've got some ideas, uh, to do things a little differently with it, but yeah, you know, just, I, that was more, let me test it out. I got to, you know, kind of see what works and what doesn't. Um, and I do think there is, you know, some validation there to that, but, uh, yeah, time has you know killed me but you're exactly right because here's the thing you know I, I look at my own business I, I have never personally been a fan of Facebook I just haven't I don't know really why I just from the beginning I've not been a fan of it mm-hmm. why am I there because everyone in the world is there you know my mm-hmm. audience is there right right so if they're there I'm gonna be there uh, you know for years Twitter was like my baby and now Twitter sadly is you know really just you know like a ghost town almost and so I'm seeing, you know, my audience in a lot of ways kind of left Twitter and they were all on Instagram, which is great because actually Instagram personally is my favorite. But that's the thing. You you got to figure out those things. It took me a year to find out where on Pinterest my audience was. Mm. So for a long time, it was just me and a thousand women. And it was like, all right, you know, <laughs> I, I know how to cook a cake and, you know, I know what wedding dress, you know, is going to look good this fall. But that's, you know, like, wh- where's the audience? And maybe they're there, maybe they're not. Uh, LinkedIn is another one. Like LinkedIn right now for my business is working better than any of the others. Yeah. And I used to do nothing but make fun of LinkedIn. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, I, you know, you got to figure this out. But the other thing though is when one doesn't work, abandon it. You know, mm-hmm. So if you're sitting there and you're like, okay, I really, really like Twitter, but your audience isn't there, then you know, you may use it for your personal stuff, but ignore you know, Double up that time and energy on one of those platforms where your audience actually is. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting take. Um, it's not about the platform that you're most comfortable as much as it's about the platform where your audience is. Exactly. Exactly. And we have to do some things that are smart. Like you mentioned your blog, like we have to build a home base, something we own because obviously Facebook changes, uh, you know, everything's going to change. And listen for anyone right now who thinks that, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, Periscope, Instagram, whatever, are all going to be the same things we're using seven years from now, you're crazy. You know, at one point in time, the internet was Yahoo and AOL. And look at them now, right? You know, so it's, you don't want to just build your platform on someone else's, you know, 
thing, right? And so that's where you have to be really, really careful. And so the way I look at it is if you imagined that we had, you know, a target, you know, with three circles, the outer circle is social media, and all my social media efforts are designed to move people into the inner circle, which is my blog. And the blog is designed to move people into the center of the target, which is my email list. Because that's where I can build the strongest relationship. That's where I can sell. You know, that's the thing. So the problem is everyone just builds their platform on social media and then they never try to move them anywhere else. So great segue. Um, building your list. So people put all the focus on all these other things we've just been talking about. And when you really get down to brass hacks, email is still one of the most powerful mechanisms for uh, moving people uh, from point A to point B. Can you share a little bit about how um, some strategies can work or not work for building a list? Absolutely. I think that what doesn't work for people now and where they get frustrated is generic offers do not work anymore. Meaning you can't just say on your site, you know, join our newsletter, you know, enter your name and email address. Because no one woke up this morning and said, I'm really psyched about getting on a new newsletter list. <laughs> Can't wait <laughs> to, to find this out. Right? I want more email. That's right. And then the other thing is, you know, people will put on their blog, but, you know, never miss a blog post, you know, enter your name and email. That worked for a long time. But the reason that doesn't work so much now is because chances are they're at your blog because they're connected to you through social media. And so they don't want to opt in and, and to never miss a blog post because they know they're not going to miss it because they know that you are a greedy marketer who is never going to write a blog post that you don't also pimp out on Facebook. So they don't need to be on it. So what happens is we have to give people a reason to get on our email list, which means if you're on my email list, you need to get stuff that the people in the social media world do not get. Hmm. Right? There, you know, there needs to be something exclusive for them and reward them. For that, I want to reward people for the right behaviors, right? right? And so that's the thing that you have to do is you know create a specific offer. Again, whether that is a PDF, a report, a video, uh, you know whatever, like that's the details, right? That doesn't matter, but it has to be specific. You know, we saw opt-ins increase on my site when the you know, my generic you know newsletter kind of offer was basically that you know never miss a thing, get updates and advice and tips and yada 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 to changing the copy to say get 80% of my best strategies you know, enter your email mm -hmm. here like because that sounds more specific which is actually by the way still too generic but because it sounds specific opt-ins increased right mm -hmm. um if uh, people go to uh the web page for my book you know it's an opt-in offer to get three free chapters of the book it's very specific you know boom you can do that uh, i do a lot of stuff where i'm when i'm speaking on stage you know and i give people an offer where maybe that's getting free chapters or some kind of special report or something exclusive to them if they text me their email address so i have a service set up and you know that gets them there but what all of this is i'm always trying to build the email list so in every effort i'm doing let me make sure I've got a method there. But also, like I said, what it really comes down to is the offer needs to actually be specific. Because if someone doesn't feel like, oh, I'm going to miss out if I say no to this, they're never going to opt in. You want it to kind of sting a little bit if they click away without doing it. So you and I work in spaces that understand um, the list and, and the power of that from the perspective of 
podcast and e-learning digital uh, products. So if someone who's listening, who has a restaurant, someone that's listening that has, you know, retail, um, let's kind of unpack a little bit for them what it looks like to turn that list into, you know, a revenue stream, a loyalty advocacy tool. Right. So that's a great thing because I feel like a lot of those businesses miss out on the email because they're not sure how to make it work. Right. And so uh, let's use this as an example. My wife had a friend who runs a business that sells like scented candles and bath stuff and I don't really know what it all is, but I know that when it's our anniversary, I have to go in there and buy something. It's all about exfoliation. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. It's a very lotion-y kind of place. Uh, It smells wonderful, but it's, uh, you know, you go in there. I mean, this is years ago and I'm buying something and, you know, the lady tells me the price and I'm like, you're not going to ask for my email address. And she's like, no, why would I want your email address? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I turn this, of course, opportunity into a 10-minute lecture, as I do, because I don't mind being socially awkward, <laughs> into, you know, they're selling, you know, candles, let's say, for example. Okay, you start building up your email list. And then what happens is next Tuesday, when it's a slow day, you send an email out to everyone and you say, hey, from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m., candles are half off. You know, mm. drive people in that way. Like, use it to drive them into the store. Or if I'm a restaurant – Sending out an email and saying, you know, listen, uh, you know, the Super Bowl or whatever big game is coming up, we're going to have all of our TVs, you know, turned on that. Here's what time to show up, you know, like get out there, get in the conversation that these people are already having anyways. Or by the way, if I'm a restaurant, how much would this be awesome if I send out an email and say, hey, here's a quick insider tip because everyone wants insider tips, right? People are willing to go to jail for insider tips. (laughs) A restaurant sends out and says insider tip. You know, Tuesday evenings are our quietest, least crowded times to come. Hmm. Like that's perfect, right? Because now all of a sudden it's like, you know what? Let's go there Tuesday night because it's you know whatever. And then you know now they're all of a sudden they took their bad night. They're building it up. There are so many things they can do, but the problem is, I think a lot of you know retail and restaurants and things like that, when they hear email, they just think, let me sell online. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that. Use that email to just, like I said, build that relationship and then drive people to the store itself. And again, it can be conversational. It doesn't have to be, you know, print off this coupon or come show us your phone or what. Like, let's not make people work. Again, just send out the freaking email that says, hey, you know what? We're kind of slow this week. You come in on Thursday, free dessert on us. Yeah. That sounds like my buddy sent me, the th- like, okay, I'm going. Like, again, like, it's, it doesn't have to be complicated. And it doesn't have to be this huge marketing slick, you know, sales campaign. Yeah. But you got to build that list. And I think there's another um, lost opportunity about what you stated. You know, building relationship. Um, as someone who has kids, and you can relate to this. Um, you know, sharing tidbits for parents. Um, hey, when you go out to eat, you know, going back to the restaurant example. Here's a great way to keep your kids uh, entertained while you're eating, or here's a good way to not feel embarrassed. Here's a good way to not make a mess. Here's a good way, you know, or whatever, and give people actual tidbits of how to, you know, have a family experience. Or um, you want to take your spouse out for a holiday. Here's three steps you might want to um, consider. A, book um, a reservation, you know, a couple months in advance for a popular day. B, um, you know, order flowers through 
X, Y, or Z and have them delivered on that date in advance, you know, or C or whatever, you know, giving people the real practical daily things that on their so busy doing other stuff in life that you just step in for a moment, say, here, let me make life just a little bit easier for you. Yeah. You know what? That is absolutely brilliant because what you're doing there is helping the customer get more out of the experience. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is the thing. Too many businesses are failing on that side. You know, it's not like you're saying, you know, here's how to, you know, to do this. Here's how to do that. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, my goodness, like you said, you know, as you're giving those examples with, you know, the reservations, the flowers, I'm also thinking, imagine if they sent out an email and it said, you know, here's seven things to talk about. So you're not on your phone during dinner. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, great. Because my wife's on me about being on the phone, but now I got something to say. You know, perfect. Like gave me these, you know, fun questions to ask, you know, at dinner or whatever. Like mm-hmm. you're exactly right. It's, you know, it's that kind of stuff. And there's also, you know, so much social proof because imagine if, you know, a restaurant emails out and they say, you know, this is our most popular dessert during the Christmas season, or this is the most ordered appetizer, you know, on Super Bowl Sunday or whatever. You know, like that's kind of stuff that, like you're saying, just gets people kind of thinking. Um, or like also to your point. To the parents out there, my goodness, like that is really important, right? Is I want to go somewhere and know that if my kid screams, you know, like I'm going to annoy everybody around me, but at least the waiter's not going to, you know, go crazy, right? (laughs) Right? You know, or whatever. Like, you know, there's so many tips and and ways that they can be helpful. And it's a matter of just being relationship focused. Yeah. Um, Tied into that, um, I want to take a moment and talk about autoresponders. And for those of you who are listening that are not familiar with that that concept, that's a a series. Well, I'll let you. You're the expert. Go ahead. (laughs) You're the host, and I was just going to. I have no idea how to describe it. It's email from the future. I don't know. It's um, a sequence. Yeah, it's a sequence. Let's say you go ahead and pre write seven emails today, but you schedule them so that when someone signs up to your email list, they get each one of those emails automatically delivered over the course of you know several days or several weeks, depending on how frequently you wanted them to be sent. Mm-hmm. And do you use autoresponder? Absolutely. And so what would be your construct of how you build it to A, build relationship, B, build value, and then um, where am I, A, B, C, um, you know, uh, monetize? Yeah. So great. There's three things that I do. The first thing I focus on is setting the expectation. And that expectation that I'm trying to set is both of myself and for them. So I'm trying to let them know this is what you can expect from me. This is the type of content. Uh, you know, this is kind of, you know, my personality, etc. I'm trying to, you know, set that tone. I'm also trying to plant seeds to let them know, hey, you know, I'm going to send you great information that you can just click the link and Go watch the video, read more. I'm trying to plant that expectation of you got to click stuff. I want you clicking those links, you know, that guy, you know, be on the lookout for this. So the first is setting expectations. The second is I like to keep people guessing. So I mix up the media that I may send to them. So not every email is just a big block of text. It may be sending them to a video or it may be sending them a picture. It may be sending them a PDF. It, you know, I try to mix that up or an audio, you know, something like a podcast, for example. Mm-hmm. Like I try to, you know, mix that up because I want them to always be like, my goodness, I never know what he's going to send in a good way, right? Like yeah. in that excitement, you know, kind of way. And then the third one, but certainly the most important is establishing trust. 
So obviously when it comes to, all right, now I got to make the sales offer. I got to make sure that I offer, you know, some type of thing that's in proportion to the amount of trust that I've built up. So a great example of this is I can try to sell a book really easily because it doesn't take a lot of trust for someone to fork out, you know, 10, 15, $20 to buy a book. They're willing to take that risk. However, if I knocked on your door this morning and I said, hey, there's a Ferrari out here and it's $40,000, will you buy it? Don't know that I've got enough trust built up yet for you to then be, all right, sure, here's a check, you know, let's go, <laughs> you know, kind of right, thing, right? right? So that's and the thing. And a $40,000 Ferrari is a bargain. It, exactly, right? But it wouldn't matter if you didn't trust the person right? because you'd assume, well, it's stolen or it doesn't work or it's a Honda or, you know what I mean? Like there's a million things, <laughs> you know, that, that you could have fears of. So that's the last one is I don't want to have an email go out that tries to sell them something until I feel like I've built up enough trust to justify that offer, right? So this is really important and I want to just really spell this out because most people when they're trying to sell, they're only making sure that the offer in marketing itself there is strong. They're never looking at what happened before you sent out the offer. And that's where you win. So if you do a great job before, you don't need to have a three-video launch sequence and all this and that. You don't have to beg and have, you know, a million testimonials and, you know, three different, you know, payment plans and all this kind of stuff. All that is you reaching because you don't have the trust. Right. If you've got the trust, it's good, right? You know, mm. there are people right now, if they call me and say, John, you need to buy this, I'm just going to buy it because I trust them that much. Right. So that's the thing. And now, again, depending on the price, that may take me seven emails. It may take me 70 emails. I don't know. It depends on what you're selling and how much it is and you know all of those factors. Right. Um, I want to um, kind of jump into um, the psychology behind some of this as well. Um, and this is really where you're real focus is you started a, uh, a program, um, achievers Alliance. Um, we built our business. Now, how do we support our business? Tell me about achievers Alliance and, and what part that plays. Yeah. So this was, you know, born out of, uh, listening to my customers and also, uh, you know, what we talked about at the very start, which is wanting to help people. Uh, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one consulting. Not everyone is ready for that. It's, you know, a little more intensity and, you know, those things. And also uh, not everyone can afford it. And, you know, I'm not even the most expensive guy out there, but I respect everybody's different financial situation because we're all in different places. Right. But what happened is I hated telling people, you know, no, because I don't have room to take them on or them saying, oh, I wish I could. But, you know, that price is a bit steep or, you know, whatever it may be. And then, OK, we'll see you later. Like I hated that. Mm. You know, they come to me for help and I'm just like, Sorry, you know, I hated that. So basically what I did is I created group coaching uh, where people can come in and it's, you know, this now sounds like a sales pitch, but I'm giving the detail. It's $99 a month. So again, now I can sell that with a quicker period of trust than I can one-on-one -on -one consulting, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's an easier way to step them through my business or my funnel, if you want to call it that. 
Right. And then I do coaching calls with them and there's a private Facebook group and we hold everyone accountable and I create custom videos and content and, you know, all of those things. And we've got entrepreneurs in there from all over the world, you know, and some, you know, may make $50,000 this year. And then we've got several in there that are making seven figures per month and, you know, just doing, you know, phenomenal stuff. So that's the cool thing about it. So again, how that played in is I wanted obviously to create some leverage in my own business it doesn't matter if I have one person in that program or a thousand, it's the same amount of work for me. So that makes sense because I'm focused on the lifestyle and working from home and I want to be there for my kids and travel and those things. But also for them, I wanted a safe community where they're not only getting quality content, but they're surrounded by quality people. And, and we've kicked people out and we said, you know, here's your money and, you know, it's time to go you know, better than the day before, <laughs> you know, because we wanted to be supportive to what you and I were talking about before and, and hitting on that psychology. Listen, it is lonely and scary being an entrepreneur or a business owner. And we have that self-doubt. We have been that self-sabotage. I, I don't care who you know out there that you may you know have on this pedestal. I assure you they have self-doubt. You know, when I'm sitting down and I'm talking to the solo entrepreneur who's trying to start, you know, a heating and air you know, service company and he's full of self-doubt, I can then hang up the phone and talk to an executive at Google who's running you know, a billion dollar company who's full of the same self-doubt. Right. You know, it, it is you know, no one is immune to that part. Right. So the focus of this program is that income improvement follows self-improvement. If you want your income to be better, you have to be better. If you want your marriage to be better, you have to be better. If you want your business to be better, you have to be better. If you want customer service within your business to be better, then the people who deliver customer service need to be better. So that's the thing is it all starts with us. To my point before, if your mindset isn't right and you don't have the right habits, all the proven marketing and sales strategies you follow won't work. You will find a way to screw it up. And the reason I know that is because I spent years sabotaging myself and screwing it up. Mm -hmm. That was excellent insight. And I could talk to you all day. I think we just laid down a lot of value. And I think our listeners can probably see why you and I uh, get along um, and all the synergy there between the two of us. And like I said, how we started all this, the way we right. see the world. Um, if people want to get a hold of you, how do they go about doing so? So they can show up to my house at, no, I'm just kidding. Wouldn't that be awesome? Just sometime on podcast, somebody didn't give out their website. And just, we'll, we'll be firing up the fire pit. Come on, <laughs> yeah. Bring your marshmallows. Yeah. Come on over. Just you, you bring the meat and the grill will be hot and you know, we'll just, yeah, do it that way. Um, no. So they can reach me of course at johnmichaelmorgan.com. And uh, that's my website or blog. And from there, they can find me on all, of course, the various uh, social media networks and, you know, whatever the hip kids are doing. You know, I try to be there, except, you know, Snapchat, because I don't really understand at all that. That's a whole nother conversation I don't get. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you, John. Really, really, really appreciate you. And uh, thanks for being a part of our uh, chat today. Thank you for having me. Many thanks to John Michael Morgan for joining us today. I just love his great insights and his wisdom. And uh, yeah, he's just a great friend. So thank you, John, for being a part of uh, this interview today. Um, now, this is typically the part of the show where I normally have some of my own additional insights. 
And however, I wanted to share with you that I'm going to uh, be mixing things up a little bit. I'm shifting the depth of some of my findings and um, uh, insights of these uh, you know, interviews into a short form podcast that I'm going to release on Thursday. So I'm going to be transitioning to a two podcast a week in which I'll interview one, uh, will be with some thought leader or an expert in some certain space. I'm going to release those on Mondays. And then on Thursdays, I'm going to come on and share um, some little short tidbits of some things I think are really going to help you. I've been getting a lot of feedback from you, the listeners, either through instant messages or people have sending me emails either on the website or sending it to my email at hello at angusnelson.com. And, and the things that people have been sharing uh, uh, through social media and what have you, I'm kind of making a running list of some of these issues. And if you have a specific challenge that you're contending with, uh, you're invited to be part of this conversation as well. Again, you can email me at hello at angusnelson.com. I would love to know uh, some of the number one challenges that you're contending with. So, you know, you might even want to just look at your uh, calendar and say this week, you know, what is the one meeting or the one situation that I'm just dreading? Uh, maybe you could share that with me, and that might give us an opportunity to open up some dialogue about something that could help not only you, but others as well. Before I let you go, one more thing. Um, I would love to invite you to our private community on Facebook. If you search on Up In Your Business Group, I have a private community that I've established. Um, and you can go there and just request entrance. It's very simple. Um, there'll be a safe place to connect and support one another. I would love to have you come and join us there. And then in addition, um, if you like what you're hearing here on these podcasts, uh, spread the word. Tell other people about it. Maybe, you know, post it on your social feeds. That would be really fantastic. Uh, in addition, you too can um, put some stuff onto iTunes and go put a rating and review. Um, if you do that, let me know. Um, I've already stipulated that uh, the first hundred people that put something up there in those reviews, I will send them a free digital copy of my book, Love's Compass. Uh, lastly, thank you, thank you, thank you for stopping by. I know that your time um, you know, is precious to you and your family, and it means a lot to me that you would take the time to listen. Um, if you uh, need anything, please contact me on my website or on social media. I'm here for you. We're doing this together. We are getting up in each other's business. Um, but more than anything, we're trying to move forward. We're trying to grow and we're trying to change the world. And for me, what that looks like is I'm building a community of self-aware leadership. I hope you can be a part of that. So have a great day, everyone. Again, thank you for listening. And now, go be amazing. Thanks for listening to the Up In Your Business podcast with Angus Nelson. Find more at upinyourbusiness.co. Remember, that's .co, not com.